Welcome to Skip Hop, the Kirkwood Parents' Teachers Podcast, hosted by the Kirkwood School District Parent Educators. We are a group of trained and certified parent educators offering support on a variety of parenting topics focusing on early childhood. The topics we discuss are based on submissions from parents in our community. We are not therapists and our input is not a substitute for recommendations or advice from a medical or mental health professional. You can find a recording of our podcast on Spotify as well as following the links on our website. Resources on the topics discussed will be available as well. We would like to acknowledge we are meeting on the traditional lands of the Osage and Kickapoo people and pay our respects to elders both past and present. We are grateful for this opportunity to honor their memories by strengthening our community through education and resources. Hi everyone, we are so excited to have you join us today on our very first episode. Home visits with our families are so amazing, but sometimes we leave with a lot more to say on a particular topic. We are hoping to use this podcast to not only expand on important parenting topics, but to reach more parents in our community. My name is Penny Chastain and I am the program coordinator for our Kirkwood School District Parents as Teachers program. I'm here today with our team of parent educators, Lisa Holly, Gabby, Laura, Melissa, Tara, Eileen, and Allison. So let's dive into our topic this week, setting boundaries in parenting. This is a big topic that can affect so much in our lives with each other and with our kids. It can also be super variable. Sometimes boundaries are different across environments such as daycare versus home or with different people such as grandparents versus parents. When we talk with families of young children, the hot button areas we hear most often as a struggle to keep boundaries are around sleep, mealtime, screen time, and sibling relationships. When you hear the word boundary, what does that mean to you? Um, I immediately think of um, not doing something, but really there's the other side of it is you're really saying no to one thing and yes to something else. Like maybe um, no, you can't play in your bed all night, but um, the yes is that uh, yes, you need sleep. And that's my job as a parent to set that boundary that um, it's my job to make sure that you get the sleep that you need. So when I hear about boundaries and parenting, <clears throat> I feel like it's teaching, you know, teaching my kids and they learning like things that they, they can do and a reason why I'm saying that why they can't do it. And also I think boundaries are also a way to show love because if you didn't care about your child, if you didn't care what they did at any given time, then you wouldn't be invested in making sure that they are safe and wanting to set boundaries. So that always helps when you feel like you're being the bad guy, you can always kind of remember that you're doing what's best for your child. And you're also teaching them that that is a way for them to feel loved because they'll see down the road other children that don't have parents that set boundaries for them and that they'll start to realize that it's a good thing that they have these boundaries set for them. And I think boundaries um, look different for every family and I think it depends on um, part of how you are raised and or maybe your culture um, and just some of the, the different values that your family has. And so I think it's important to know that your boundaries that you set for your family may look different than your next door neighbor's boundaries that they've set for their family. But at the end of the day, it's what feels best for you um, and, and what works best for your family. And for me, boundaries, they all stem from a need, just like behavior. And so it's our job as parents 
when we see a certain behavior is to ask, okay, so what is the need driven behind this? And so the same with boundaries. What am I trying to, um, you know, get out of this? What are, what are they trying to get? And what am I trying to do as a parent? Well, I think of boundaries as an opportunity to um, help create a sense of security for the kids when um, everything is predictable and routines are set there um, is that sense of security of knowing what's going to come next. So do you guys think it's important to be mindful maybe about the number of boundaries we are setting, especially when we're first starting to implement boundaries with our kids? I think it can be overwhelming sometimes if we try to implement too many at once, and especially given their age, it's important that we keep it age appropriate and have our expectations realistic. I guess I have a little bit to say about that. Um, I mean, I have older kids at home now, but um, I think this applies for younger children as well. I mean, I have something that I call a hard no. Um, you know, I don't use it often, um, but I, but I, you know, will use that. And then other situations, um, you know, I might ask, you know, my child to do a chore example and it doesn't need to be done right right then and then I will specifically give my child the choice like for example um, it's going to be dark in an hour and a half I need you to bring out the trash before it gets dark you don't have to do it right now I see you're playing you know doing something like that but you know the bound the boundary you know is um, a little bit more you know, flexible, I guess, um, sometimes. And then other times it's, you know, a little bit more, you know, rigid, like if, you know, children are, you know, fighting, you know, with or each other, Sa safety issues. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Well, and I think we always hear the phrase, choose your battle. And I think that comes with boundaries as well. If we have boundary after boundary after boundary about every small thing that goes on in our day-to-day -day lives, like, there's no way we're going to be able to keep up with all of that. And so we've got to decide what boundaries are the important ones, what are the ones that we need to keep our kids safe and healthy and to, so that they can be, you know, functioning children and, you know, they need their sleep. They, there are certain things that they have to have that we're going to need to draw those boundaries on. But then we've got to learn to let go on, in some of those areas that maybe aren't quite as important. I love that, Laura. That's kind of like what you said earlier about what your your particular family's priorities are, you know, what your values are. You know, one thing, you know, maybe, you know, manners, you know, might be something that's very important in your family. Another one might be, you know, healthy eating or, you know, whatever. You just really have to pick, pick your battles because, you know, too many um, boundaries or too many boundaries at one time, you know, maybe, you know, setting one boundary and then once that's successful, maybe, you know, setting, you know, another boundary, focusing on another boundary um, later. I agree with everything that's being said about picking your battles because you also have to, I think a big part of boundary setting is also being consistent and, and knowing that you will be consistent about whatever boundaries you set, even if you're very, very tired and you don't feel like dealing with the boundary that you've set, or you don't feel well, or the child is reacting really badly when they've never reacted badly to the, the um, boundary that you've set. So you've got to know that you will, you will be consistent so that the child really starts to understand and internalize what those boundaries mean. And then, they, then it'll be much easier down the road, but 
you've got to really know that you'll be consistent. I totally agree with that. I mean, I have I have four kids and I'm exhausted all the time. And, um, you know, I, I think and I have a, you know, finance background and I think of boundaries sometimes as like an investment um, into better days ahead, you know, kind of like it's it's easier to spend than to save. Um, you know, doing that hard work in the moment when you're tired and doing it consistently is hard, you know, for sure. But, you know, the payoff is is out there and it's really important to do that, um, you know, to, to keep those boundaries consistently. It's also really important to be on the same, um, for, for you and your partner to have the same boundaries and to create those boundaries together. I can remember when my kids were little, sometimes my husband might punish them and say they couldn't do something that really ended up affecting me more than anything because I was the one home with them. Um, and so him taking whatever it might be, whether it was their screen time or whatever away from them were things that were really hard for me to follow through with when I was the one there with them all day. So you need to make sure that when you're setting these boundaries that you and your partner or whoever is parenting with you, um, that you guys agree on the boundaries and that you both agree that you can follow through with the boundaries that you're setting. Sometimes these boundaries too, they create such big feelings. I think Lisa, you talked about that a little bit. you know, just because we have the boundary doesn't mean that the child is going to respond very well to it. So um, what do you all think about um, what that looks like when we're tired, they're tired, we try to hold the boundary, but all of a sudden you have a pretty upset kiddo? I think you need to be okay with that because um, your job is done you set the boundary and it's their job to have that feeling about it and yes it's going to be really really hard but with that being said we um it's important to validate that they might not be okay with it and it's sad and um and you're there so you're empathizing you're validating you're still not letting loose of that you know that boundary and just being there saying yeah i know you don't like it I know this is rough, but also trying to, you know, um, you know, you you want to go outside and play. We can't do that, but we're going to go out tomorrow to give them, you're, you're giving them a yes with that boundary. Yes, it's going to be in the future. It's not the same thing. Um, They're still not going to be happy because they're thinking about wanting to go out right now and that's not going to happen, but empathizing with it trying to um, reassure them that this is going to happen and possibly get them excited about thinking ahead to um, when that is a possibility. And I think so much of setting boundaries comes with just parenting in general. And parenting in general um, calls for a lot of creativity and a lot of choices that come with it. And so that's kind of what, Lisa, I think you were kind of getting at. No, but we can doing, do this. Um, when kids feel those hard no's all the time, well, how much fun is that to be told no all the time, you know? You're not gonna be very happy. And so then what, what arises from that? Misbehavior. And so when we can give our children a sense of power in their world, then wow, how, how much fun is that for them? 
you know, it's better for them in the long run. Um, so just offering that choice and setting your boundary because it is about what you will do more than it is about what they cannot do. You know, this is what I will tolerate, but here's some power in your world. You can do this. And so then when they get that choice, it really helps out in the long run. So just creating that routine at a young age. And then also, um, we don't have to convince them why this boundary is valid. That's not our mm-hmm. job. You know, as a parent, we're doing it for safety reasons. We're doing it because of whatever is going on in our home. And um, I think that, you know, and I know that I did this with my kids, like, well, you know, I'm going to give you all the reasons why, where all of a sudden they're going to just stop and look at me and go, oh, that's a valid point. Okay, I'm good with it. Let's, you know, go on. No, that's not going to happen, you know, but you can focus that energy instead of explaining yourself and why you're establishing this boundary. Instead of doing that, just empathizing with, yeah, this is tough. You don't like it. I didn't like having to have to come in. When I was, you know, outside having fun with my friends, and this is really a bummer for you. I get that. Um, it doesn't sound like it's much, but there will be a little pause in whatever you're getting with the screaming and whatever. Like, just that connecting right there is going to make a difference. It might not look like that at that time, but with consistently connecting like that and being empathized with their feelings it's okay if they feel mad you know I wouldn't want anyone to tell me not to feel mad and so um you know it's not fun I you know end of the day you're exhausted but you know it's just how it is little guys hey Lisa you're saying about you know how it's not fun has anyone like ever has anyone ever like modeled working through their own feelings of disappointment like in front of their children oh yeah yeah i always say sometimes things happen to me and i'm really mad and i say hey i'm really mad please i don't want to talk now and uh because this happened give me some time and then uh we we can talk not because they did something specifically it's because something that happened to me and uh sometimes i if when you're stressed you know and you're mad sometimes you don't have even the patience to like to deal with your kids so I explain, hey, I'm having a, um, I don't know, like a stressful day or some anxiety. So give me some minutes. I need to breathe, and then I'll be back. You know, with the uh, the problem we're <clears throat> going through. I think that's a really good point. Not only for modeling um, our own emotions for how to deal with those with our kids, but also it's super important to practice these things even if you're using stuffed animals or action figures in that space in between um, when the uh, boundary is being held to so it's not in the moment that you can do all that teaching so you're making mental notes you're trying to practice these to practice these things when um, things are a lot calmer Um, so what do you think so real life strategy time here when you have a kiddo that's maybe I don't know close to four years old um, you've done your bedtime routine you um, think they're going to bed you give the kisses good night five minutes later out comes the kid I'm thirsty I'm hungry so you set your boundary it was time to go to bed so now what I think it's important not to let them um, 
keep you engaged over and over and over. You've set the boundary, you've set the expectation. Um, once they're in bed, they're in bed. And so um, I know as a mom, um, you know, when my kids were small, it would turn into a battle, a lot of back and forth. It would last 30 minutes, the next night it might last 60 minutes. But a big part of that was my fault because I was allowing them to keep me engaged in this back and forth, which ultimately was rewarding for them because they were A, not having to go to bed, and B, getting a lot of reaction and response from me. So um, I think it's important just to, to remind ourselves to stay calm and to not um, engage in a lot of back and forth arguing. Yeah, and then just maybe one more hug and that's it. I think also another like very important like thing to think about this is uh, a word like patience. Like we are, they are, they are learning. They're just arrived to this world, you know? So we have to teach them. We have to be patient. We are their parents. So if we are not having patience with them, who is gonna have them, right? So I feel sometimes when they are waking up at night to, you know, they don't wanna go to sleep, just try also to think why they wanna stay, you know, awake. Where like, I was working all day, I didn't see them, maybe they wanna be a little bit more time with me. Is it that bad to like stay next to them or, you know, while they wanna sleep? Or like, it's your boundary, what do you want? Do you want to stay with them or do you just want to go and I don't know, do the dishes and they need to sleep? So that's, I think, uh, it's up to like every family too. Um, mm -hmm. what they feel about mm -hmm. that time, like what limit you want to put there. And it's, it's developmentally natural for kids to want to push. They're going yeah. to, if you give them the line, they're going to come right up to it and sometimes push to see how much further they can go. It's, it's just completely developmentally natural for them to do it. We're raising kids to be question askers and um, being curious about the world so this and this is their way of doing that and if we think like I'm thinking about like the kid too like why they are doing that and like as a parent how long are they gonna want us you know like because then they're gonna say go away <laughs> it's my room you know so how long in your life are you gonna be, are you gonna be able to like be with your your kids like that you know so I always mm -hmm. think like uh, if you put the line in a human life, the percentage of like your kids calling you so much is like maybe 1% of their life, you know, so when they need you. Um, so I don't know, sometimes I say, uh, if they're calling me, I want them to know that I'm gonna be there for them. Um, but also with those boundaries and limits. So what are my limits that I want, you know, in my house, what I want them to do. Yeah, and I think that takes us back to where we were saying boundaries look different for every family because there are some days where to in order to be a better parent, I need like I could not do that with my kids. I had to say good night, it's bedtime, close the door, leave, and I could not engage with them again because if I did, I was not going to be the best version of myself that I could be. Um so that's why it looks different for everyone and you have to decide you know, yes, they are only young for such a short period of time and we're only going to have this time, but I I may not actually be able to do that tonight and I've got to draw that line. But it, that's that's where you have to figure out what works best for you. And you can also, like, explain them. You guys, you know, I had a really long day. I really need you to go to sleep because I'm tired and I'm not going to be as nice, you know, as other days because I really want to 
sleep now. So and and that's that modeling piece too. Yeah. Like mommy's really grumpy tonight and mommy's not going to say very nice things <laughs> if I <laughs> if I have to come in there one more time. So I need you to respect that mommy needs some time to go breathe and to maybe go take a bath. And then in the morning, mommy's going to feel way better and we can talk about it then. And this all goes back to, you know, this is assuming that there is a really, really good bedtime routine already established. And so that goes back to what Lisa was saying with sense of security. We know that when kids have routines and they're predictable, then they feel more sense of security. And so there is a lot of anxiety at bedtime because, my gosh, you know, kids can have bad dreams. They're away from you. They want to be next to you. You know, you were away all day maybe. So... Um, it's important to establish that attachment and connection right before bed. And so making that a really big part of the bedtime routine, maybe through visuals or something like that, um, just so that they know what to expect every night. And one other thing I'd just add um, to sort of a nap routine, because a lot of parents mention that they have trouble getting their children to nap, and it's the so sort of similar situation as to when they – don't want to go to bed at night. They also don't want to take a nap because they're busy. They want to play. They want to stay with you. Um, I remember my mom always telling me that it's important for the child to get rest. And so I passed this on to my children that you don't need to sleep. You just need to go into your crib and you need to just lie there and you can sing to yourself. You can, you know, hold your stuffed animal. You can just think about things. Um, whatever it is that you need to do as a little one to just have a little bit of a break, a little bit of quiet time and rest, but that it's a firm, you need to, you know, you need to have this time out. You need to have this time to rest. And so then it takes away the whole idea of like, I don't want to go to sleep. I don't want to go to, you don't have to sleep. You just need to go and rest and just have a little quiet time. And that kind of is a nice thing for the rest of their lives to always just have a little bit of time, quiet time in their lives as they go, as they get older too. Mm -hmm. I think one thing as I'm, I'm listening to all these examples too, is just to remember that while setting boundaries takes care of a in-the-moment um, situation, like for safety, for instance, or um, you know, a little one who's throwing things on the floor at mealtime, we're also thinking of the bigger picture that um, we want our children to be able to set their own boundaries around um, friendships and mm -hmm. future relationships. Um, and so I think it's important to be Every boundary we set for them, they're learning from us how to set it for themselves in the future. Sometimes that can help a little bit when we're, you know, getting that pushback, remembering that. Also, sometimes, like in the other side, like I've seen some parents, and here, like it's really hard for them to put those limits, and like why is it hard for them to say no, you know, or to see the kids crying. And uh, I've heard a lot of, not a lot of people, but some people say like they don't want them to not like them or not love them. And that comes with something that happened maybe, in, you know, in the past with them. So also like when you're parenting, a lot of things that from your past come to your, you know, to your, how do you say, conscience again? Mm -hmm. yes. And so saying no, there are some uh, people that think they are not going to like them anymore. Or well, So I what do we do with that? And I think that requires though a pause in asking yourself why does this upset me mm -hmm. why seeing my child upset you have to do a little exploring and um possibly like you said gabby 
on how you were raised. And that's not necessarily going to be comfortable, um, but that might be helpful in cueing you in on your responses. Yeah, like saying no, it's your teaching. You know, you're loving them, like you said, um, Helen. For those people, like, it doesn't mean like they are not going to love them. Yeah. You know, I've gotten, you know, questions about, like, not like the big safety things, but about setting boundaries and small things. Like, let's say, you know, you're just having art time and, you know, the toddler decides to start breaking all the crayons. Well, like, does that, and maybe the, the parent doesn't want the crayons broken for whatever reason, and that's something to examine. <laughs> You know, like you said, Lisa, you know, but, you know, cho choosing your battles, like, you know, do, you know, if I, you know, if you try to set that, that boundary, you know, you're, you're going to have probably a little conflict because that's, you know, what the child's, you know, wanting to do. But then, you know, just trying to examine, well, is this a battle I want to choose? You know, is this important or is it not? And, and if it is, you know, for whatever reason, you know, okay, but then that, you know, that would be a boundary. That's not how we use our crayons, you know, or this is okay, they, you know, they still work. They're, they're broken, we can rip them better like that anyway, so. Right, better for a pencil yes. grip. But kind of going back to that, some boundaries, from what I was saying before, do offer choice afterwards. No, you can't do this. No, I won't let you jump on the couch, but you can jump on the floor all you want in a safe environment, you exactly. know? Uh, but some don't, you know? We're not gonna have some lifelong lesson in the moment when our child is sticking a fork in a socket. Nope, that's a hard no, no. Um, but it's also important for us to create an environment where that boundary can be successful. So if we have a toddler that is throwing the remote control and the batteries are going everywhere, we all have taped a remote control at one point in our life <laughs> because this happens. But then, wow, I say, no, don't do that. But then I put the remote control right back within the child's reach. Now, is that creating an environment that that child's going to be successful in you know, staying within that boundary? No. So we as parents have to kind of model and teach that and um, do that consistently so that they can be successful. And then in turn, let's say a sibling comes along and um, that younger brother or sister is going after all their toys. Well, then that child, the older child, is going to see, oh, I have to actually physically remove the toys that I do not want broken so that um, I don't get my toys smashed up. So it's all about creating that environment too, I think. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing when you were talking about that. When it comes to siblings, um, you know, and you have an older sibling that's trying to like do their special crafts and then you have a toddler that is trying to destroy everything that the older sibling's doing and what kind of issue that that can cause at home. Um, you as the parent can help with that by either allowing those you know, we only do these special things when baby brother's napping. Like, that's our time to get out those special things. Or, here, we're going to move you up to the table where baby brother can't reach. Like, create a situation so that it is successful for both, um, so that the older one can still do the things that they want to do, and the younger... Because the, the toddler, you can keep saying, no, no, we can't do that. But a lot of times with toddlers, we know that they're just going to keep pushing those buttons. And even if we try and set those boundaries, sometimes they're just not ready to understand that. Um, so if you can help create a successful situation, that could help with that as well. Yeah, and that kind of reminds me of just um, speaking about toddlers being so impulsive that our expectations, we need to really 
keep that in check too of what are they actually able to so if you want them to sit at the high chair for in, until everybody's done eating developmentally a toddler you know and well gosh i mean even a two, three-year-old, it's going to be really hard for them mm -hmm. to do that. So we need to keep our expectations in check. Um, developmentally appropriate. Developmentally appropriate to the child. Yeah. And that could save a lot of frustration, too. Mm -hmm. So I think to sum everything up, it, it almost, um, most of the times, it sounds like it doesn't necessarily matter what the situation is sometimes it's around screen time sometimes it's around bedtime but the themes that I'm hearing are um, for each situation that of course is going to be individual is that you're creating an environment that is conducive to holding the boundary Melissa gave the example of the remote so um, if we just keep repeating 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 we're bound to get a lot of pushback and likely the same results also checking our expectations, not only for the, the situation, but developmentally, are they, is it age appropriate to expect them to do what we want them to do? Offering a lot of validation and empathy when they get upset. Um, you don't, you, we know you wanna go outside, it is so fun outside, but then just offering space for them to have the emotion, it's okay. I think all of us can agree that a surefire way to um, get us upset is to say, calm down, <laughs> I think, no matter how old you are. So just offering that space as long as um, the child is being safe with their body, you know, maybe that takes moving them somewhere um, for those big, big tantrums, big, big feelings, but that they get to have them. And then finally, just giving some power and control over the situation um, that they have, like Melissa had mentioned, you know, that they, um, you can't do this, but you can do this. And finally, just really offering that consistency around these boundaries. Um, the one thing that we know, the most powerful reinforcer to rules or boundaries is consistency. So the more consistent we can be with these, the better results we're going to get. There was a lot to talk about here. We are continuing this conversation in the next episode where we discuss what happens when the plan fails, what you do when there is a boundary breach. Hang in there, families, no matter the situation in question, whether it's bedtime or screen time or something else. Check in with yourself first. Keeping yourself regulated not only lowers your stress level, but assures you are creating boundaries as a response versus as merely a reaction to the behavior. It is also a great way to model coping skills for our kids. Remember, there is no perfect parent or perfect way to parent. Your child is learning how to navigate the world and there is no one rule book for parenting. Give yourself some grace, take a deep breath, and smile. You've got this. Parents as Teachers is a free home visiting program offering developmental information, resources, developmental health, hearing and vision screenings, and opportunities to connect with other parents. We serve children in our community prenatally through five years of age. If you live within the boundaries served by the Kirkwood School District, have a child or children under the age of five and would like to know more about how you can participate in our program, please reach out to us. You can find contact information 
resources to support the topic discussed today, and submit ideas for future topics on our website, www.kirkwoodpat.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram as well.